When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, we've gone top to bottom with the teams, and now it's time for the juicy stuff. It's the trades, everyone's favorite segment of the week here, and a lot of big calls to make in round four of the NRL. Lakey, who better to go through them with than you, my friend? Oh, probably anybody else, actually. But yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here, so it's good. Yeah, 12,000th, mate. You're soaring ahead of me. Well, I made a couple of right trade-ins last week, so that's something. What did you do? Uh, Braley and Barnett. I know it was very popular, but... Yep, did the same. Yeah, managed to grab those two guys and, as I said, uh, tweeted out during the game, Braley off his hip to Barnett over for a try. It was it was um, a moist maker. Tell you what, it saved me with Barnett captaincy. That was a... Uh, yeah. Oh, bold. Very bold. I like it. Yeah. Well, I had a freebie with... Um, I had the VC on Teddy and I had a free shot with Morgo and Cleary out in the halves. So I might as well. Went for the barnacle and he got the job done. I'm surprised you just didn't throw the C on Morgo for old time's sake. Well, it would have been a, you know, just how poetic. Uh, my boy Morgo, as we said in last night's pod, he might be a retirement away, but um, yeah, for anyway, anyhow, he's still in my heart forevermore. Um, that's very romantic, but this podcast won't be made because we're going to get down into the nitty gritty with all the movements, all the trade talk that uh, you and I have gone through over the last couple of days. A lot of big movements going. Last week was the big price rise around there, and then this week is trying to, well, steady the ship in some cases or get in at the right time for some well-priced guns here. So firstly in the pod, we'll go through the people's team. So Wenin's little baby here, just to see how that fared last week. Obviously, that's the team that uh, you all direct, all the fans of the site can go on to nrlsupercoachtalk.com and have their say into what movements they want to see in the people's team every week. We'll chat through Cheapy Watch. So how are the center wings going? How are some of the front row forward, second row forwards going as well? You've got a couple of segments you've got in here as well. Uh, we'll talk about some of the guns that people might be looking at just bizarrely as, as trade-outs there, a guy like Teddy because of a high uh, potential price drop. So we'll talk about why you shouldn't do that. Uh, we'll look briefly at some 5.8 guns that have some pretty solid runs coming up. We're talking about the Melbourne, Souths, Panthers and Eels halves there. They've got some pretty good games coming up. We'll go through them. We'll talk about some guys that we should have got in last week couple of rounds but we're sort of fixing our sides to get them in this time and who are the absolute gets you should be getting uh this week and then finally what do we do with our center wings so that's the big question there a lot of people have if you're like me and i think yourself you've got a lot of duds 
in there floating around at the moment. So just That's what the hell? Seven of them. How many spots? Yep. Are we have? Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. Just what do we do there? Uh, we'll talk quickly on the guns that we have coming back in. So the guys we spoke about last night, Payne Haas and Ryan Madison. When do we get those guys back? And then we'll finish up with what you and I are doing. Maybe the what not to do segment of the week there. So that's going to be a pretty busy pod. Let's get down into it. The people's team, how did they go in round three? Bit of a slower one for them this week. I think they copped a few of the injury knocks that many of us did. So they uh, limped their way to 1089, um, dropped back in the rankings a little bit, but still sitting well ahead of me. So they're at 7246 mm, seven, okay. at the moment. Uh, nicely placed, but um, a couple, as you said, a couple of decisions need to be made. Some. Um, players to trade in, captains and stuff like that. So you can go into buy, sell, hold throughout the week to vote on what trades need to be made for the team. Um, go visit my captain's report on Thursday to pick who should be skippered for the upcoming weekend and hopefully we can write the ship there. That's it. They are doing almost double as good as I am. So I'm 14,000th, they're 7,000th. So good on the people's team there. And if you want to get amongst uh, both the people's team there, and also we mentioned last night the SC Talk group, the unlimited group league that we've got there, almost 1,000 players playing there. If you want to join that one, 579870 is the group code for that one there. So get amongst it and see how you're faring against some of the SC Talk site fans and also the contributors. I'm sitting about 500th in that one there, mate. Yeah. It'd be slightly... Four, me, 490, I yeah, think I'm sitting around. We sit in an illustrious company. As we said before, anyone that wants to get on the podcast, if you are up in that top uh, 100 as a few of those guys are, absolutely reach out. Yeah, prove get you on to and us. See what, prove see how much experts. better than us you are. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we want to hear from you. We want the actual uh, experts in on that one there. But no, well done to everyone who's in uh, the pointy end of those comps there. Mate, cheapy watch. So having a look at some of the success stories and fail failures. Jeez, I can't even get that out. What a fail of the last couple of rounds there, particularly in the center wing. So we'll talk quickly on the success stories. Dane Laurie, David Mead, Tezzy New. These guys have gone up 60 to 80K between them over the first three rounds. So great stuff if you've gotten on them. I think the only name that people may not have jumped on is David Mead. Um, he's a surprise packet there, but is he in that um, – is he a cheapy anymore? Are you going to be looking at him? No, he's 290K now, so you had to start with him. Um, you're not going to jump on now. Uh, we looked at the Broncos' draw, uh, I think, before we came on air, and it is brutal. Um, mm. So, obviously, they got the storm this week, turned that into the – Raiders or something in the next couple of weeks. It's just if you're Cowboys not on round a nine as well. well yeah, that's it. That's the next decent game. So Storm, Rabbits, Panthers, Eels, Titans is their next five. Um, so if you're not on meat, I wouldn't be bringing him in. Hmm. Dane Laurie though, Tigers looks every bit the super coach gun that we'd hoped for. So he looks a set and forget at least for now in your center wing. Says he knew the interesting one there, so he's had a quiet start to the year, but ramped up a little bit over the last couple of rounds. So he looks um, a pretty good play. Tough matchups for him though, as you said, coming up. But hopefully can find the line or put someone over and keep. Uh, nudging that price up there. So that's what we want to see early. The failures, mate. Um, if I can find a suitable soundboard, Jesus. I will. Throw All I've got is a Giha. <laughs> it's not, not many boos. I don't have any boos. But uh, if I could play it, I would. Center wing failures have been many, many, many of them so far this year. Charlie Staines, he has lost 15K and a break even of 33. It's not the worst, but he did score a meek pie last week. Yeah, so righted himself a little cool. bit and, and then gets. You the- and I called him. We said we'll play him. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. Jumped on. So I got that one. Lucky to get on that one, I think. But um, Staines is being killed by Mororowski, I think. Mororowski sort of catches the ball and runs back infield. Doesn't look to his right at all. I think he thinks he's playing on the wing. I mean, the big thing for me, I'm not so much worried about Momorowski. Obviously, he's a bit of a hot ball hog, as some of these centers are, but Staines just doesn't come in field to do no, any work. No, he doesn't so. do any work. That's it. So if he's not scoring tries, he's almost irrelevant. But um, Manly on Thursday night could be another big one for him. No, it won't be. I called it, mate. Eagles at the line, I reckon. Quite yeah. a game for Staines in the line. Hey, man, they can be Eagles at the line if. Um, if the Panthers still score four tries. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'll absolutely take that one there. Next off the list, James Roberts, Jimmy the Jet. He's yet to play three games, so he's a break-even of 35, just not kicking on there. I've watched a few of his games there. He's just not – every time they seem to shift the ball right, it just doesn't go to his hands, and he's very uninvolved. He looks like he's still sort of um, easing his way in. It Have you seen like anything you like? He's trying really hard um, at the moment, and it's just not working for him. He's trying too hard. Almost uh, week one, he he came in and took a couple of runs. We probably wasn't entitled to, and ended up dropping the ball. But um, I think he's doing the right things. It's just not translating yet. Um, and mm. then he's got the eels on Monday this week. But then um, nobody's the following week. He's got a pretty easy game in round five. Yeah, so there you go. A good one to play. <laughs> Good stuff indeed. Uh, Fusatua, Dave Fusatua, what a disappointment this guy has oh, been. Cool. He's only lost 7K. What a miracle. Uh, break even of 27. But I have played this guy, whether it's through AEs or whatever, every single week. So, so you played him by accident a couple of times, haven't you? I did first round. I just sort of forgot that I had him in, but that said there wasn't anyone else that really should have, could have replaced but him. But insane that he's got a break even of 27, which seems low, but he's only scored over that once of the three weeks. That so is far. touch and go. That is very touch and go. Bailey Simonson, um, decent enough effort, oh, but still having in the failures. Doing good things, but not getting super coach points. He's just doing the one percenters, which you don't get scores for. It's very frustrating. 20K, he's made break-even of 19, so still a bit of cash to be made for him. But a guy, geez, this is probably the fail of all fails here. Jason Saar, poor kid. He's struggled a bit stepping into that wing spot at Manly there. He's lost 16K on what was a pretty low price to begin with and a break-even of 27. So I think the the one notable thing he's done is a, a line break downfield and got run down by Damian Cook. But, geez, just not going Saab's way. It's a tough slog. You look at some of those other guys, the Fusatua, Simonson, Staines, uh, they're all playing in pretty handy attacking sides. You expect points to flow, but Jason Saab, um, not playing in the greatest of sides at the moment and not getting any ball. No, they need... Um turbo back so he can throw those cutouts to his wingers that he's famous for because otherwise interesting Saab's just not doing anything he's catching no. a cold on the wing again he's the youngest of all these players I think and the most inexperienced so uh, there was that talk stains. that he was going to get dropped this week too which would have hurt well, it would have stopped the bleeding, I guess, and well, an yeah. eggy nightmare. But uh, not doing good things there. Hopefully, he can turn around with Turbo back over the next couple of weeks. That's our center wings. We'll talk later in the pod about what we reckon we're going to do with them. But uh, in the front row and second row forward here, a couple of guys. It's a, a different story here. So Spencer Lenny, he's got a break even of 17, 29K, doing a fair bit of work off the bench. I've liked what I've seen from him, battling a, a shoulder issue there, but named this week. Did he Stavano, run it into um, the ribs of Tom Eisenhut? That could have been it. And then he was also bent over backwards by uh, Cameron Munster, and not in a good way, um, in a tackle there, which was pretty nasty. So 
hopefully with all the niggles. It's not a hip drop, though. It wasn't a hip drop. No, do not. uh, He's the untouchable man, Cameron Munster. He's been named. No issues. Nothing to see here. Stefano Otokimano, he's got a break even of negative 22. So the best of all, the cheapies here that we've got. He's made 50K almost. um, Courtesy of the meat pie against you guys. Do do you know how frustrating that is? Mm. Watching your super coach cheapie score a try against your team, you're so conflicted. Jeez, it was hard to Mm -hmm. watch. I mean, you step away and you just think all the money he's going to make you in this virtual game we play. I was wiping Uh, both happy tears and and (laughs) (laughs) sad tears away. It was awful. Love it when you see one of these front row forward cheapies, though, just stroll across the line like that. It means um, He did it the right week too. He did it in round three, so it's going to stick around for a fair while. He's going to get a good boost in in his um, price. Love to see it. And a guy, unfortunately, didn't have the same result on Saturday, but still got uh, a price rise anyway of 40K is Ryan James, 27 break even. So he was a good news story to start the season there. Unfortunately, had a horrible knock last week. But if you backed him in early, he's even been a play. So out of all these um, front row guys there, Ryan James has probably been doing the most off the bench. Um, again, do you find him more of a player? Is he just a guy that a play in your 17, I should say? Or is he just a cash grab for the next few weeks or so um i think he's turned into a cash grab i could i would have been very tempted to play him had i grabbed him last week um he was he was doing good things he was putting up big scores even without the attacking stats he's putting up a good um baseline but yeah it's just you don't know if he's actually going to play this week how that concussion's going to um affect him if he does play um he obviously has to be cleared by the neurologist to actually get out there so you'd hope that he's all well and good but maybe there's some sort of lingering effects or something like that i just don't just wait i think he has to be a wait and watch now so basically to sum up cheapy watch there mate center wings um maybe a c minus courtesy of Laurie and and tessie new and front row forwards b plus yeah i'd say the front row forwards have been the the high point for the cheapies well, there's a lot of cash to grow for them over the coming weeks, so hopefully we see a few more meat pies coming through. It's going to be the... Um, we get, we're getting into the, the sexy bite. stuff now, are we? <laughs> we are. It's going to be do- dropping that every single uh, segment we've got there to see now when we've moved on. Mate, these are yours coming up here, so I'll leave them to you, but uh, you've got down one headline, and that's price drops don't matter for keepers. No, that's it. And I've seen a couple of – this This has come from some chat I've seen on Twitter and on the website. Guys going, oh, Teddy's got a 123 break even or 100 something like that. Do I trade him out and I can get a couple of guys – you know, I pair him up with a Matty Moylan so I could get a Latrell and a Cody Walker, for instance, um, and avoid his price drop. But it, I can see the temptation. But if you don't trade Teddy out all season, his price drops do not matter. His price rises don't matter. His price drops don't matter. It won't affect you one bit. You'll just keep cashing in his scores. So I can't make an argument to trading Teddy out for that reason. Um, have you got any other thoughts? Would you be tempted to do it? to try and get a couple of extra guns in or something like that because I can't find the argument for it. If he's playing during the week and he's got a break even of 123, he currently averages 116. Yeah. So, I mean, what cash is he going to actually lose? Exactly right. And if he comes out like he did in round one and drops 160, you're kicking yourself. Yeah, exactly right. And then it's just harder and harder to bring him back in and you've got that um, horrible feeling of of doing that. And then you've also got to trust yourself to find two guns um, that are worth 
one teddy. So, you know, like there's a pressure on you then to find the right guy. So I agree if you, you don't even look at their break even. It's um, going to get massive because he's 900K. That's just um, – <laughs> and there's it. a reason he's 900K. Is there anyone else you had in mind outside of Teddy? It, I can't believe that's – it, it's one of those things to say it's it's one of um surge busters old super coach commandants you don't trade out guns unless through injury or suspension like long-term sort of stuff you can't have this sort of guys sitting on your bench with that price but if they're playing week in week out you just let it ride absolutely let it ride so I, i'm not trading him out i'm not going anywhere near it. it wasn't even a thought in my mind until someone suggested it and i thought are you crazy Always a helpful reminder, mate. Price drops really don't matter for keepers as long as you just keep them in yourself. That's it. 5 eighths with gun runs coming up, mate. Who are the guys you've got your eye on? I'm very seriously considering uh, a Cody Walker or Cameron Munster trade-in this week. They're obviously the big two guns. Um, so I did a couple, a bit of digging around to see what their um, their coming fixtures were going to look like, and um, you know they've obviously got very favourable games this weekend. But then I expanded that. I thought there's a couple of cheaper guys there who are also in that gun category. Um, so I'll just have a look at what they do, and the the big what I would call the big four in the five eight position have just remarkable runs over the next four to five weeks. Um, Cody Walker faces the Dogs, Broncos, and Tigers in his next three before coming up against the Titans, who, you know, they can be scored against, and then the Raiders as well. Um, Munster plays the Broncos, then the Bulldogs, uh, before coming up the Roosters, and then the Warriors in week four. Looking at the Panthers draw, so Jerome Luai, he's got Manly... Canberra, Broncos, the Knights, then Manly in his next five weeks. And Dylan Brown plays the Tigers, Dragons, Raiders, Broncos, Dogs. Um, the Broncos are coppering and hammering through that round from all these guys by the looks of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not a good stretch. It's just that uh, it's one of those things where you could just – you need to pick the right guy, obviously, to get the the best points, but – all of them have a very solid argument to be selected based on the upcoming runs. Um, dogs, as I said, Broncos feature heavily. Dogs get played in three of the four by three of the four teams as well. Tigers feature a couple of times. The Dragons are in there. It's just these teams who we expect the top end guys, the the, the Rabbits, Storm, Panthers, and Eels, they should be beating up on these lower ranked teams and. That's where these five eights are going to absolutely put on some scores. Hmm. I think it's a it's a good point. If you don't have a gun currently in that five eight spot, then now might be a really good time to to look at one of these. I'd suggest a lot of people do have at least one of those guys there. So if you were to rank them, and if someone was going to pot up over the next month or so, maybe having two of these guns in in those five eight spots and foregoing some of the cheapies like a, a Schuster, who we'll talk about later. But uh, if you were to rank those guys, you've got Munster for the Storm, um, Cody Walker for the Bunnies, Jerome Luai for the Panthers, and Dylan Brown for the Eels. How would you rank those guys in order of uh, get these guys in right now? Ooh, I'm finding it really hard to split Walker and Munster for that top spot. Munster's got um, a far better base about him, but Cody, we know what he can do with the ball in hand and his attacking prowess. So I'm finding it hard for that safety versus that explosion. I'd probably go Cody for his ceiling um, as one, Munster for his safety. Um, and then 
I think Luai probably comes in third. He plays Manly twice in the next five rounds plus the Broncos. So he could have a couple of huge ones. He dropped 79 points on you boys in round one, then followed it up with a 94 against the Dogs. So he will beat up on those lower lower sides um, and plays three of the, the um, three games against the worst teams in the next couple of rounds. And it's pretty important, like he was playing with Cleary in those first two games and without him in the last one where he was still just all across the park. So I think he was, and but he became the main focal point for the Storm. Storm are obviously always a stingy super coach side, so they restrict scores really well. But um, him playing there, he switched sides as well. So he was playing on the uh, on Cleary's traditional right side. Um, so it was a bit of a new combination for him. Uh, became the focal point with them, with Matt Burton just sort of there to steady the steady the ship and put in the big kicks and whatnot. But the Storm could really focus on limiting Luai, um, and I think that probably hindered them a little bit. They probably had too much of an eye for him, and the other guys managed to get the job done around him. But, um, mm. yeah, as you said, with Cleary's there, you can't just watch Luai. You can't um, keep him in your sights because it can go either way, and they've got such attacking weapons across the park. And Cleary, we know what he can do, but um, Luai on that left side, f- you know, feeding Kikau and To'o um, and his dancing feet that he's got when he's skipping across the field, it's tough to contain. And Oh, it's brutal. Like, you try to defend that um, and some of the cavalry he's got around him. Like, you can just feed anyone in that side. Exactly like, right. Kurt Capewell. Kurt Kick bloody Capewell strolls through. Exactly. And, um, you know, JFH in the middle, once he gets a roll on, he's hard to stop as well. So... It's a really good team. Jerome Luai is one of those guys that I really enjoy watching, but I hate it because I don't have him in my super coach side and I know what he can do. Um, mm. But he's just fun to watch. And then having a look at the last guy on your list there, Dylan Brown. So he's dropped a bit of cash since the start of the year, about 30K or so. He hasn't broached 60 points in a game just yet. Do you see him taking a bit more of the reins if Moses is potentially out? Or yeah, do you you'd have to think so. He... Um, he, he should be driving the team around um, without Moses there. I think he's probably just still, as we know, the the change of sides for Brown and Moses, but um, maybe he's just still developing those combinations. But what I like about Brown is his base in his first three games, um, he's had 39, 48, and 47 in those games. So he's almost scoring his entire output through just base points. Um, coming up against the Tigers, Dragons, Broncos, Bulldogs in the next four of the next five, um, he can add some attacking stats to that. And he's looking at pushing his 50 average up to a 60 or 70 with a couple of attacking stats. Mm. I guess you've got less of a history in the, the first three rounds to rely on with him, but he'd definitely be a pod move. He's 3% owned in the game. So if you're going to jump on him, it could be a good time. Uh, I really like Dylan Brown. I like the way he goes about football. Um, He tends to have a bit sticky hands at times where he runs the ball and I think he should pass to his outside men, but has a really good head on him and doesn't shy away from defensive work or or putting his hand up for a run, which is great for us. Um, So good, as I said, great floor with him. He's looking at a sort of 45 to 50 floor and anything you can add on top of that is just cherry. And finally, Matt, who do you have in your 5-8 spots at the moment? Uh, currently sitting there, I've got Connor Watson and Lachlan Lamb. So Lamb being out for a month is my trade out. Um, so I'm targeting one of these four guys. It's just 
spinning the wheel and seeing who it lands on. Mm. But in saying that, I've got a little bit of a who am I for you. A couple of questions for you. Who am I? I'm one of only 22, 5, 8th and halfback dual position options. I have an 81 point per game average so far, but have previously never averaged over 50 in any season. Mm. Currently the highest averaging 5'8 on the year, although um, being that he's dual position, he's still 15 points per game behind Cleary for halfback scoring. Nine games left leading into his bye, and he plays Manly twice, Cowboys twice, Wests and the Dragons, and he's owned by just 2% of teams. Jeez, it can't be a Jamal Fogarty-type George Williams? Cody Nicarima. Oh, boy. How did I forget him? It's Anton's boy. Anton's boy, Cody Nicarima. So off the back of his 134 against the Raiders of all teams, who are quite good at restricting scores. They're one of the tougher teams. But, yeah, he's the highest averaging 5'8 at the moment. Um, Had a 74-point game in round one um, in beating – the Titans and then um, sort of struggled against the Knights in round two a little bit. Um, obviously comes up against the Roosters this week, which is a harder game and plays the Storm in a couple of weeks as well. But again, around that, uh, Manly, Dragons, Cowboys, Manly, Eels, Tigers, Cowboys leading into his bye. So anybody who's looking for a real pot option, Cody could be your guy. Um, we know he's got the goal kicking. CHT is out for an extended period, so Cody's kicking steering the ship, um, all the attacks going down his side sort of thing. And, yeah, Anton was onto something. I know he's just sort of mm. jumped on him because he loves his Warriors. But, yeah, he's he's struck gold. thing with Nikarimi, he has those games, though, like the ones where he towers teams up and invariably he does it against us. Even when he played <laughs> the Broncos, he killed us and for whatever reason. Just can't stop him. But is it a case of, case of flash in the pan or have you seen enough in the first three rounds to say that that guy's a consistent um, player. So maybe just scratch last week. Last week, the Raiders were in all sorts. Um, I think we can forgive them for a few of the tries they let in and that sort of thing, as good as Nick Arima played. If we ignore that game, how is he looking? Um, I think he's doing all right. I think he's probably better than people are giving him credit for. The 74 points in round one, he was playing with CHT and he was still the main guy there. If you look back at the end of his season last year, and I'll just bring it up so it's absolutely um, accurate, but he had uh, a run at the back end of the year from his last 10 games where he averaged 55.5 points per game. So that was already over his seasonal average of, um, you know, his, his personal best seasonal average, which was last year also actually. Um, he averaged 52 on the season. So he finished the back end of the year really strongly, um, and I think he's carried it over into this year. And I think he can be a really good pod leading into the Warriors' um, round 13 bye. You're going to do it, mate. You're 12,000. Got some room to grow. It's what are you do? probably a bit ballsy for me. I'm, I'm a little bit... I don't mind a pod, but that's a that's a huge pod. Um, if I was going to go the pod route, I think I'd go with Dylan Brown, who's got the safer base and mm. can add on to that. But yeah, I couldn't. I won't talk anybody out of it. Is he the only dual halfback five eighth in that list, though? He, I think he is. 
everybody else is straight 5.8. Um, yeah, so that automatically there gives him a an option there for, say, Cleary's unwell. And if you've got Sam Walker in that line there, so that's an avenue that... Well, Sam Walker's mean, only a halfback as well, um, halfback only. Oh, I thought he was dual. Bugger. No, but I know a few people point. probably started with a, like a Jock Madden who's um, a dual position player. Um, or someone else cheapy along those lines. So he could be, you know, a, a third half, if you will, behind mm. one of your big 5.8s and your Nathan Cleary. He could be someone who can rotate back and forth to cover injuries. Yeah. Okay. I guess that Sam Walker not being dual um, sort of rules him out. It's probably not going to be a, an option to flip up during a round. But again, something to, to think about for later in the year. So I kind of like it there. I'm interested to see where you land, Lakey. All right, I might move this one up here, but what do we do with our centre wings? So we talked a bit about how they've gone, gave them some gradings early in the pod there. So obviously they're a bit of a mess for a lot of super coaches who banked on some early season price rises that haven't come to fruition from the guys we spoke about, the Fusatours, the Saabs, the Simonsons, the Stainses. So what do we do with them now? Firstly, Lakey, are you running four cheapy centre wings in your 17? No, not at the moment. I um, picked up... Um, Blake Ferguson. Jeez, I just blanked on who was in my side. Um, but we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. I started with Brian Kelly and then he hurt himself in round one. So I, I looked for an alternative there. Um, I knew round two was going to be tough on Fergo with the storm and that's the way it played out. But again, if I just go back to what we were talking about with Dylan Brown, the Eels have a really good run. So coming up against the Sharks last week and the Tigers, Dragons, um, and then Broncos, Bulldogs in a couple of weeks. It was just a really good run that I thought Fergo could capitalize on and, and keep his run going. He can't go any worse than he had last year. So that was my theory in getting him in. I'm going to ride his price and then hopefully flick him to a no, no foe when I can. Yeah. Um, I also have Capewell, but he's in my um, second row at the moment, which isn't helping my um, center wing stocks. But other than that, it's all cheapy. All right, do you reckon it's time to move them on? So, for example, I have four center wings in my starting 17 each week. Um, actually, I haven't checked the price rises. Maybe it's pushed a couple of them over. But um, out of all of them, they've been under 300K each and every week. So I don't have Capewell and don't have, uh, say, a Tyrone Peachy or anyone like a Fergo, Rapana, anyone like that. So I'm running with basically shit center wings for um, in my 17 each week. I think it's at a point now where I just say, like, I need to get someone in who's going to bank me some good points. Dane Laurie's been doing this job. Um, but outside of that, there's not really anyone else I can rely on week to week in this side. So I think if you like me and you're running for ch- cheapy center wings in your side there, now is the week to get someone in at the very least. If you uh, don't have any other pressing trades, I think you can possibly ride out one more week, um, push the button a little bit here. But I think we've seen. The gamble hasn't paid off for a lot of people. So I think now we've got to really start getting in some more reliable players. I'll name two of them. So Kurt Capewell, I think he's probably a – do you think he's a must in your centre wing at the very least? Just about. The only concern with Capewell is his minutes and his usage. Um, as we, we spoke about yesterday, um, when the Panthers have been blowing teams out, he's seemed to have gotten a run or maybe he picked up an injury or something like that and he's had a bit of time on the bench. But – when it's a close game, he played 80 and he won them the game. So um, the, what we like the Panthers for is their good early run. There seems to be a lot of attacking points in this run and 
it could mean a couple of blowout games and maybe Capewell gets a rest more often than not. But um, other than that, we, we, look, we saw it with Yao last year. It's so valuable having a second rower um, in your, available in your center wings and they just give you a great base points and solid scoring all the way through with that attacking upside. Yeah, Capewell disappointed a few people with, say, a 40 or a 50, but, geez, I'd be taking that over some of the center wing scores we've seen littered in the sides there. So I would say he's he's close to a must-have there. Well, mate, I've played Charlie Staines in three straight weeks, and he gave me an 11 and 10 to start the first two rounds. But he got a 56. Got a 56, 56 last week. That's right. But you're going with, – with your out-and-out wingers, you're going to get low scores, especially from the mm. rookie guys. If you've got a Capewell in there, um, you've got a safe guy, and you – a 40-50 at a floor for a center wing is just gold. Tyrone Peachy, that's a name I didn't think I'd be hearing so early in the season here, but he has started um, pretty hotly over the last couple of weeks. So got a starting spot last week with that shuffle around uh, to prop, and he's named there again, or at lock, I should say, this week as well. So getting some time in the starting spot to do what he does best, and that's Rome across the field. So he comes in in a pretty interesting proposition here. Do you see him as a guy that we should be targeting, given that, again, like a Capewell, he's in the forwards, he's going to get... Um, decent base and churn out at the worst, you know, a 40, and at best he could be 80, 90. Um, yeah. Is a guy you're looking at? He is. Um, I spoke about Capewell and his minutes concern. Even starting last week, Peachy only played 43 minutes, um, yep. which is a worry. He, But he put on a bunch of attacking stats against your boys. So that's where his 79 points came from. He still had base points of 49 in that stint too. So that was very solid game for him. And if he continue to do that, can continue to do that on a weekly basis, you'll be laughing. But it's just the minutes, um, 49, 44, and 43 over the first three weeks. Is that what Holbrook's going to use him like every week? I'd say so. I think that's how he was played last year a little bit as well towards the back end. Like he, he would come off the bench and, and form a roaming sort of role there across the field and he would still play that 40 to 50 minutes, but then he's um, likely to get an attacking stat anytime he plays because he's obviously in the line there. He's injecting himself. He's running the ball. He he's loves offloading. a run. Absolutely yeah, and, loves a run. And that's what puts him in a different sort of spot to Capewell who sticks on his side there. He banks his tackles, does his runs, all that sort of thing. You get the handy base. Um, week to week but a guy like peachy's three percent owned 440k so a bit cheaper um if you're scrambling around for cash i i think this guy's definitely someone who would find a home in your center wing there at least over the next month or so while they're playing him in the forwards here so we know he's a bit of an erratic player at times but i think he's just found his spot now he's always been moved around a little bit here and there and doesn't really know where he fits but i think the way that they play him is so good for his super coach output it's similar to like a, a tpj they basically just say go out and do your thing go out and offload you out and bust whatever it is but in, in peachy's case he now gets to roam across the yeah. field inject himself i just That's really it. like it from a and super it, coach it wasn't all that long ago he was almost uh a must-have in our super coach sides his last couple of years at penrith um playing a similar role yeah i think he was the 13 down there and he came up here and he's been stuck in the centers or whatever but yeah I agree. Um, I love his game when he is playing and when he's getting those minutes. The only concern for me was the minutes. But if you look at um, his scores so far, a 55, a 50, and a 79, and that two of those were off the bench and one of them was playing 43 minutes. So it's just – it is really good. And 
Um, he's someone I'm definitely looking at. I just want to see, I'd probably give him another week. As hard as that's going to do, he's got a break even of 18. So going to, you know, rise a fair bit in cash this week as well. Um, but mm. just to confirm for me that he is playing that role that, that I want him to be playing um, further on down the track, like the reason he's in the 13 is because they moved Tino and Fodawakis on the bench. So, you know, Fodawakis is a starting caliber prop. Is he going to stay coming off the bench just to be an injection? Yep. No, fair call. A few question marks there, but I think he's definitely someone you should keep an eye on. Uh, if you're going to jump on early this week, um, who knows what, what we could get from him, but I think definitely he's shown some great signs to start the year here. So a bit of a point of difference to Capewell there, but if you can end up with both of these guys in your center wing, then that could be some handy base stat points coming your way. Some of the other guys um, floating around the center wing spot there who are probably more mid-range, so... Let's go through them. Jordan Rapana, he's a guy I'm kicking myself not getting on at the start of the season, that 350K mark. He's currently got a low score of 46. He's made a pretty decent price rise as well in his first uh, price rise last week. He's definitely the body's back into NRL shape. He's looking great guns there. Um, he's going nothing but up. Fergo, your boy, scores of 84, 32, and 92. So the backflips are coming thick and fast from him. And Momorowski, the ball hog, he's got a low score of 43 as well. So these guys here are all obviously got a much higher floor than the cheapies that we've got there. Do you think they're... For the sake of, say, an extra 200K um, over a Jason Saab type, do you think it's getting to the point there we just have to spend that cash there? Is it, are those 20, 30 points every week um, that much more important? I think so. Um, about a 10-point 10 uh, 10 point per game average is roughly 100K, I think. Um, so... Spending an extra 200K to get these guys and you're getting 20 extra points each week, um, you'll be happy with their low scores compared to your um, your Saab's high scores of, what does he have, 27 is a high? Yep, something like that. Yeah, so like 30. Um, it's someone you can't play where you could sit a Tessie New on your bench and play Rapana and watch New just um, you know rise in price until you want to trade him out as opposed to having Saab there and just hoping he doesn't fall too much further. Um, mm. Yeah, as I said earlier, Ferguson was one I jumped on, but Rapana I was very keen on to start this season. Um, just, again, couldn't fit everybody in. Momorowski's come a bit of um, out of the clouds, I think. Naden getting his suspension has really helped Momorowski, and now I can't see where Naden fits back in the side. Interesting times ahead for them as well. Like Momorowski, these guys were all plays at the start of the year. I think if a lot of people got on them as well, if you went, just needed to get that one decently priced center wing um, who you know can can deliver you a good score. So I think people did jump on these guys there. But now it's sort of at the point where you've got to kind of like, I don't know, tuck the tail between the legs and get someone like them. You I mean, have to. Look at the, the difference in floor and ceiling from what we've seen so far is is incredible. Yeah, and I spoke about it early on. I've, I think a, there's only so many more weeks. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of having someone in your centre wing who's going to um, avoid buoy the scores, so basically just keep everybody else afloat. And so one of these guys is going a step towards that. They're not going to always get you a decent score, but you're going to be happy with them the majority of the time. 
Um, anyone else that you've not got in your center wing for now and maybe aren't targeting, but you can't really bear to watch? I've got a couple of guys down here. Brian Tottle. Yeah, so he was the, the one that comes that to mind for me as well. Um, the work that he gets done out there is incredible. Hey, you look at the difference between him and Charlie Staines in base and it's unreal. Oh, he's just constantly put his hand up for runs and he's he's all over the park. He puts his head down and really goes for the try line. He had one disallowed last week, um, I think. He stepped on the line, making a burst. So um, he's always there about. And we know we spoke about Luai before and playing off that left side, just so potent combination, these guys. They're best mates basically off the fields and, and seem to be doing that. It's like uh, under eights where you only pass to your good friends. <laughs> Luai's doing that on the left side of the field there. So, Ty, he's hard to watch. He was someone I was really keen on as well, but um, couldn't get him. Started with Kelly instead, kicked me in the face. But, um, yeah, yeah Toe's the one that stands out. And speaking of Kelly as well, if he comes back in, um, I'll be very keen to see how he goes. He might drop a little bit considering he only had a 47 to start the year and then he's missed the Broncos and Cowboys games of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might drop a little bit, but he might. it would be a good pickup to um, for the rest of the season, I think. Another one down in that sort of mid to high range price mark is Joey Marno, and he's always been around down mm-hmm. here. He's always a perpetually talked about guy and he's never really kicked on as an option just because he's not, uh, getting the attacking stats that the rest of his side is. But he's got a low score of 56, so it puts him above um, the Tohos, the Virgos, all those sort of guys um, with that floor there. And he comes 30k cheaper than Toho as it is. Um, a lot more attacking stats, though, coming his way so far this season, so we don't often see it. Is he a regression candidate or is he one of those under-the-radar types that we should be factoring in? Under-the-radar for me, um He's a guy that has got better every year that he's been in the um, well, the NRL and Super Coach. He's um, what four or five years in now, I think. I feel like he's been there a long time. Yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah, so started off in sort of low forties, um, you know, forty-one from his first full season. Then he had a 44, 49, 56, and then averaged sixty-three last year. So just keeps getting better and better. And um, I think he's probably going to Im- improve on that again, whether it's, you know, drastically like it was previously. He's not looking at a 70 average, I wouldn't think. But you've got Teddy on your inside and Brett Morris on your outside. You're getting attacking stats just for sort of walking onto the field. Hmm. Interesting, though, with Kiri being out, um, do you think that affects his dynamic a little bit here in terms of what attacking stats they could put out, or do you think it's just, as you said, Morris and Maybe. Tedesco there? Maybe. It's it's going to be an adjustment period, I think, for the side with um, the new halves, Hutchison and Walker. But Walker plays on the right, if I recall correctly, and from all reports, the kid is an absolute stud. So mm. um, they could be going down the right-hand side a lot more. We saw them do that to – was it Manly where they – in round two? It just, yeah, tore them apart. So they could be targeting that a lot more with Drew Hutchison just floating on the left there. Um, so, you know, Tupo and Josh Morris might be a bit left out in the cold. But, um, yeah, Sam Walker – um, loves to take the line on, loves a short ball. So he, he will keep all those guys involved, I'm sure of it. And um, 
as I said, there might be a bit of an adjustment period, but for the long term, I think Walker nails down that spot and he'll um, he'll carry this team pretty sufficiently. And finally, mate, the gun center wings, the high-priced guys here, uh, any alarm bells ringing for you in terms of getting these guys in as soon as possible or are they luxury trades for down the track? I'm talking to you, David Norfolumas, Zach Lomax, Brett Morris. Luxury, I think. Um, only because... Nofo's still got 106 break even, even with the 80 he had last week. So he's going to be dropping a fair bit more cash. Morris sitting at a 64 break even, but as soon as his, you know, 140 or whatever drops out, um, he's going to lose a stack of cash as well. So those are guys, we know what the fluctuations of center wings can do. I'll be waiting for him to drop right into my price range um, before I can and trade up to get them. But um, for me, I'm if I can get some decent scorers, like you said, like the Rapanas or the Momorovskis for cheap, um, you could ride them up to an elite scorer. And I'd be happy to ride those guys with their scores while I um, solidify the rest of the team. All right, mate. So to sum up, here's my plan for center wings. I've currently got four cheapies in my 17, seven cheapies overall. I'm getting in uh, either Tyrone Peachy or Kurt Capewell this week in my second row and come next week i'm going to have both capewell and peachy in my center wings for the foreseeable future so i'm sick of getting some pretty rubbish scores from some of those guys there i'm going to boot the likes of sub boot the likes of Fawcett tour keep the likes of tezzy new even simonson who can eke out a few tries here and there and i just want stability in that position i'm sick of worrying about it week to week so those guys in the forwards i'm getting in and then down the track when i can i'll be looking at a guy say a rapana fergo Momorowski, or even a toto yeah. um, although definitely keeping manu in mind they're just eager to see what this roosters dynamic changes up for them so I'm all about stability in the run home i'm pretty over some of these rubbish scores what are you doing obviously it's the you've got the perfect there. combination getting a couple of guys who are really steady scorers and getting a couple of boom or bust guys who you think can go big on any given week and playing them based on matchups. So I'll be doing the same thing. I've got Capewell up in the second row. Um, my plan is when Tessie's price rises over the next couple of weeks and um, Maddo falls, I'm hopefully going to be able to flick him up um, for that trade and bring Capewell down into the second, um, sorry, into the center wing. So that'll give me um, Capewell, Laurie and Fergo as my um, center wings and rotate a cheapie throughout there and hopefully get someone in in the near future but as i said getting those scorers in ride them for a while um, really finalize the rest of my team hopefully before i start looking at a no full um back back into the year like it man for the love of god can some of these cheapies just fall over the line that's all so quick Let's take a quick break, Lake, and then we'll come back, look at the absolute must-haves for this week, and then what we're doing with trades and captaincy to close out and also chat through briefly on Ryan Madison and Payne Haas, who are back this week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Got three must-haves on my list here, Lakey. Let's go through them here. You might have some more as well. I'll just rattle them off. Josh Schuster, 203K, playing 80 minutes on the edge for Manly. Break even of negative 63. David Fafida, 630K, tearing shit halves apart. So he did it to the MILF. He did it to Jake Clifford last week as well. He is a man on a mission, getting 80 minutes. He looks on the way up without a doubt. And... As you said, some of the, the gun 5.8s, I've got Cody Walker here at 659k or Cameron Munster. I don't have his price in front of me there, but Cody or Cameron, either of them for this week, I think their run is just too good. So quickly, do you have anyone else in your uh, must-have list for this week? No, um, and in saying that, I'm not sure any of these guys are an absolute must-have. Like if you're going to get Cody, you're not going to get Cam Munster, obviously. So... Um, just to clarify, Munster's at 620K, so just a little bit cheaper. Um, but, yeah, it's – for me this week, just looking ahead to sort of our trade-in talk, I'm toying with the idea of skipping Schuster this week so I can get a Cody Walker or a Cam Munster. Um, it's going to be the only way I can go about it. So, because you've got Lachlan Lamb. Lachlan um, Lamb that's, and Connor yeah. Watson. Um, so I can't quite afford to go Lamb and Little – um, to Schuster and Walker or Munster, like, you know, just a bit short on that. So I've got to make another move there, possibly getting Sam Walker in a little bit early to um, fund it. But um, Schuster, I believe, is going to be a must-have. He's going to rise probably another 150 to 200K over the next few weeks. Um, it's hard to see him getting booted from the side, even with Sirenin returning. They'll surely move um, Goz from the other side. And it's definitely the talk from Manly fans. They're not liking what they're seeing. No, that's right. Been a lot, and, and Schuster's been great since he's played there. He's got the silky skills of a 5'8". Um, so I think he got two line breaks last week. So obviously large attacking stats, but as a cheapie, they're absolute rolled gold. Um, well, he's a 5'8 by trade, and he's in the body of a – of a monster he's huge i was watching the game for the um last week trying to figure out who this giant kid on the left was and it took me a while to realize it was josh schuster but yeah he's he's got all the talent in the world um and i so i don't think he's not going to score 90s every week let's not get ridiculous but um a 50 to 55 average isn't out of the realms of possibility um which would be just fantastic as a backup five eighth it's just the guys we have there, the Connor Watsons, the Cody Walkers, Cam Munsters, um, and only being able to fit Schuster in that one spot, it's really hard um, at some points to actually get him in there. So I will be trying what I can – and this is a call out to the higher-ups, Tom Sangster, Rob Sutherland, get us a dual position. The kid's playing in the second row. Give him that spot. Exactly right, mate. What are they doing? Surely if, uh, if we uh, throw them enough compliments, they'll manage to work something out oh, there. That's the old adage. If, if Sanger brings him into his team, he'll get that second. <laughs> 
Bloody Sanger indeed. I'm just having a look on the NRL SuperCoachStats.com pricing tool there. So just seeing what the projected price rises are. So I'm looking at moving on Jacob Little this week for Josh Schuster. So moving Connor Watson back up to that um, number nine hooking spot there and bumping out Jacob Little, who's got a break even of four. But if you compare the price rises that are projected for them, Josh Schuster, if he averages 40 over the next month or so, he's going to make 100K in two weeks. So that is a huge price rise there. Jacob Little made about 60-odd K, I think it was, last week. Um, he's, he's sort of come down a little bit with that 39 there. If he hits another 40, he's only going to eke out another 20-odd K or so next week and then sort of regress a little bit even after that. So I think the difference in pricing there, and it's that time of year where you need to make cash because we've already talked about how rubbish our center wings are. The only way to get them better is to start making cash. I think Schuster is, and if you don't have any pressing trades like you need to get a guy like as we said cody walker or cam munster and just to gun up that five eight spot if you don't have uh, that in your your mindset this week i think he's just an absolute set and forget um, Absolutely. he just needs to stand on sit on one foot on the field and he's made 60 odd k so i think oh, you, you'd yeah. be kicking yourself if you didn't he's um someone who's near basement price with a negative 60 break even is is just about as must have as you can get um consider you know as long as you can fit him in and, and those sorts of things. But I'm sort of – I've fallen into the trap in previous years of prioritizing cash and by the back end of the year, I don't have enough trades to finalize a team to get, mm. you know, that 20 solid players that were going to really give me a good score. So I've sort of changed my tact a little bit this year and I'm sort of trying to prioritize points f- first and foremost, which is why I'm leaning towards getting a gun in and then maybe getting Schuster next week. So I'll miss that initial price rise. I'll miss a, miss a good chunk of cash, but I'll still have little there who will make a little bit of money um, and then be able to go down and, and get a bit of a cash injection to Schuster um, by moving Watson's, albeit uh, yeah. a week late. But I don't mind that from you, mate, because like playing Schuster this week is a bit of a risk, obviously. He's coming up against the Panthers. It's, 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 I'm not going to get a 90. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more confident of Cody Walker dropping a 90 against the Bulldogs than I am of Schuster doing it against the Panthers, let's put it that way. So, um, mm. As I said, prioritizing points, which is the main importance at the end of the year. We're not going to rise up rankings by having all this cash in the bank. Um, so if I can get those points on the field first and foremost and then worry about the, the cash later, I, I, that's the way I'm sort of going, leaning towards at the moment. Fair call, mate. Looking at the forwards, we've mentioned one uh, must-have at some point. David Fafida, 627K, as we said, destroying sides left, right and centre and just looking every bit the the player that we thought he would be in this Titans jersey there. So, so far, has outdone Tino F. He's definitely been the, the better buyer of the two, despite being a bit more pricey at the start of the year. But Fafida, uh, we've, we all know the pros. He's got a great attacking game. He's even playing 80 minutes, and hopefully with a bit of luck, that can keep up there. What are some of the cons that you think about this guy? What would steer you away from immediately bringing him in? And maybe even, like, how do you rate him against a guy like Matto if we're talking premium second row forwards? Uh, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because he's such a good player and he's got such an attacking skill set that he can put it on at any given time. Um, I guess the negative for me, and it's only a minor one, is he's played the Warriors, Broncos, Cowboys in the first three weeks. Um, so the draw now stiffens up a little bit, Raiders, Knights, uh, Manly, and then the Bunnies over the next month. He may not get 
as many attacking opportunities as he's previously been used to um, with those easier sides. So you definitely can't expect hundreds every week. He's got 105 and 112 in the last two weeks. So you can't expect that output. But to say he's not going to be in the top five or six second rowers is a stretch, surely. Mm. Just the way that they're finding the ball um, in the line there, the way he can isolate a defender like he's done, like he's going to tear some bad sides apart. But if you looked at that Warriors game, like he was very quiet and still managed to 60. Uh So even when the attacking stats dry up and even the minutes in that case did as well, he still managed to find decent point return. So I think that floor there is handy as well. Well, the concern's always been his base scoring um, and his base and power scoring over the first three weeks have been 62, 53 and 85. Um, If he's fixed that up, he's obviously getting involved and, and working harder. Um, and then, as we always say, the attacking stats on top of that is just a bonus, which he's getting as well. He, he can get him anytime. Hmm. Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting proposition. I think, again, the Titans are looking a pretty good side there. So I think Fafita is going to find his way into our sides Has at some to. point. Um, as I said, he's, he's one of those top three or four guys, you know, five, definitely. Uh, you're going to want him at one stage. Get him now before his price is out of reach. Yep. If you don't have the quantifiers that us in the, the doldrums of the 10,000 right, right. position to, to put out there, if you can go a guy like Schuster and Fafida in and you've got guns everywhere else, yeah, center wing. Yeah, there's plenty of people that started with a Cody Walker or a Cam Munster anyway, so they're not looking at making that same trade. So this would be the perfect time to target David Fafida. Well, and last week. Looking- yeah. Hmm. That's it. Well, you called him out as your captaincy pick as well, I think, for the week coming up against the cow. So he was. He was. I waited till the um, final game of the round and he really brought me home. It was beautiful. Fantastic stuff indeed. Mate, having a look, there's not really a lot of other guys I'd say um, a sort of must-haves. This is the segment for it. But if I look at the top 10 trade-outs or trade-ins as of this afternoon, if you look through that list there, Schuster's right up the top there, as is Fafita. But if, if you look around, it's an interesting week. It looks like some teams were scrambling to bring in some of the, the guys that have started the year quite well, and they're still popular players. So Nathan Cleary's up there. Kurt Capewell's there. Jaden Braley, Connor Watson. Um, those sort of guys there are in the top 10s, which is a little surprising, and I would have imagined plenty started with them. Um Having looked down, Sam Walker, he's number four traded mm. in player. That's an interesting one. Is that a case of going off pretty early? It, it is. And so it's probably a similar route to what I'm looking people trying to just generate some cash for the three guys above him, the like, mm. Cleary and Fafita and not so much Schuster. But, yeah, obviously the money making is the name of this game and you've got to have it there. So, Going to Walker early is possibly a way that people are getting in the big-name guys. Um, the interesting one for me, like we talk about chasing points. You've got Cody Nicarima at number six, Jermaine Asako at eight, and George Williams at number 10 as three. Halfback the- only, yeah. Interesting yeah. play there. So Surely that's- you've got a Cleary, and if you're not um, already, you've got a Cleary, guy, Cleary there, and... I don't know who you're trading out for George Williams at 521K. Like, he started off pretty well. He's had a pretty good year um, so far for the Raiders. He's made 53-odd K. But, mm. uh, you know, I don't see a long-term play out of um, Georgie Boy there. So, he's number 10. He's got about 1.5K trade-in. So, as you said, a bit of chasing last points. I did think out of that list there, Cody Nicarima, as you spoke about earlier, has probably got the most upside there. And 
interested to see. He's already got some admirers. So might be chasing last week's points, but I think of the three there, if you'd agree as well, he's probably got the longer term um, play sort of written about him there. I think so. The Broncos draw, as we've spoken about, is brutal. Um, They're not not playing the dogs every week. No, that's exactly right. So, But, yeah, I think Nicarim has got the best chance to sort of have a 60-plus average over the next, you know, two months before you might trade him out at the buy rounds. Two guns have made their way back into the sides this week, Lakey. That would be Payne Haas and Ryan Madison. When do we get them back in? ASAP, mate, as soon as possible. Um, you've got a couple of weeks to look at Payne Haas. Obviously, his price, ri- price isn't going to rise or fall in the next couple of weeks. So you get you know, this week against the Storm and the next week against the Bunnies to take a look at him before maybe making the call before he plays the Panthers and Eels. Jesus Christ, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, Interesting. He's a forward, though. He's not going to be relying on that. And it's Payne Haas. We know what he can do against, and he'll he'll Mm. be relied on by this team to lead them. Um, So, and as as someone said in our group chat, like, I'm – you know, blanking on who that was earlier. Rob he, Sutherland. Sutherland, yeah. He, it's probably that he he's come in a little bit angry about having that, you know, enforced suspension and he wants to make it up a little bit. Um, so maybe he comes in with a bit of extra fire. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, yeah, you've got two weeks to make that call. So hopefully your um, Tino can put on a score and bump his price up a little bit more or something along those lines and you can make that trade. Um, with Madison, he's on the bubble now, um, but he's got a 35 in his next couple of games. So his break even at the moment is 130. He's dropping price over the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, you know, games against the Tigers and Dragons maybe doesn't drop all that much, but he um, he should leak some cash and make it a little bit easier trade in from the 660 plus years at the moment. So as I said, the thing is the concussion, though, mate. Right? Surely we've yeah. seen the history with him. That's a big question mark now. But it's not something I think you can worry about going forward. If he's given the all clear to play, then he's got to be one hundred percent healthy, um, according to the concussion um, protocols that we know him at the moment. So you've got to play what's in front of you. You can't be worrying about the concussions he might get in the future, because otherwise you just never trade him in. He's He's always a risk of getting them. You just you play him as he's available and um, enjoy the scores you get from him. And worry about the potential concussions as they come. As of round two, he had thirty five thousand owners. How many do you think he has as of round four? Oh, rats abandoning the ship. I'd say he's probably down around fifteen to ten. Fourteen k. So over half his owners abandoned ship, as you well, said. I was <laughs> one of them. I was one of yep, them. I so, was yep. so much cash on the pine with um, the Clearies and Pappenhausen's out last week that we just couldn't carry a concussed Matto on and, our sides for too long. And not knowing how long he was going to be out for. If it was a two to three week injury sort of thing, you, you can't carry that. Yeah, I think he's absolutely going to find his way into our side, as will Payne Haas. But whether it's uh, in the next month or so, that remains to be seen. A guy like Payne Haas, I think we've got a few. I've got JFH, so I can flip to him with hopefully not too much cash mm-hmm. problems. But big thing for me is seeing what 
his role now is in the side that was talk about reduced minutes and things like that, whether that even has an impact at all or allows him to be a well, bit more that's attacking. That's true like was too. That was, yeah, a bit of that Tom Lolo speak um, mm. level towards Payne Haas as well in the preseason. So that's another thing to consider. And, and that's perfect that we've got these two weeks to see how these minutes and rotation is working for him. finally time Lakey to talk about what you and I are doing this week so to wrap up we'll go through what our trades are we've sort of talked a bit about them anyway this week and also who our captains and vice captains are so I'll give it to you who are your trade-ins and outs this week and who's your captain vice captain yeah I spoke about it before um in the discussion but looking at um Fogarty and Lamb as outs um as much as Fogarty has been okay they they won by about a thousand last week and he only dropped a 63 despite goal kicking so I'm quite happy to move him on early and get in the double walkers if that gets me a Cody um, or I'll, or a, a Cam Munster even. So I'll get Sam Walker into a bit early, you know, break that. Do you need command. to trade out Fogarty? I Is there do anyone, to anyone else you can do? Yeah. No, um, I said my ideal move was Lamb and Little, but I just can't afford that, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it's something I'm – not 100% happy with, but I'm happy enough, as I said, prioritizing points. And then um, I'll think I'll chuck the VC straight on Cody if I bring him in. Interesting. And then, yeah, uh, that Good Friday game. That's it. Cracker. V- um, back it up with the captain of Teddy. So I'm going away from Teddy. So I've going noticed that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, VC Cody, I'm with you. I, I still think... Cleary will have a quiet game-ish for his standards, so it won't be that sort of ton or anything like that. I reckon Manly have a bit of fire in him. I've, just, I've called it. That's my uh, call for the week. But I reckon Cleary will have a bit of a quiet one coming back from that head knock there. And, you know, I'm backing in Cody on hopefully what's a dry track in an Arvo game against the Dogs there. And then obviously Pappenhausen against the Broncos. That could be that could be absolutely anything. So that's who I'm backing in. Uh, for my trades, I'm going out little. He's gone uh, bringing in uh, Tyrone Peachy and... Uh, Schuster. So Josh Schuster coming straight in there, going to nab that cash. I'm trading out Joe Offerhan Galway. So made about 20 odd K back to the bench with Zane Musgrove there. He's just going to eke out more headaches than you've got cash, man. Exactly right, man. So I'm getting rid of a few of them this week. And then moving on to the center wings next week. Hopefully going to clean that mess up. I'm going to ride one more week out with these rubbish, uh, cheapy center wings. Hopefully they all find the line. We're coming back next Tuesday and next Wednesday to talk about how we can't possibly get rid of these guns like Jason Saab. Hey, you yeah, know, a week it. is a long time in Supercoach, mate. He's going to bag a triple this week against the Panthers <laughs> just to show us. I've called it, mate. Maybe I should get on him for first try score. I reckon Jason Saab a double at least. That's it. Throw him into the people's team as captain. Ooh, I'll take control. Absolutely. Lakey, it's been fun. Thank you for jumping on yesterday for team list and today for the trades and captains and all the other gear. Thank you very much, mate. And where are you watching? Uh, what's your Easter plans anyway? Just before we go, it's obviously a thrown in, into disarray. Since I'm living in Brisbane, I'll be watching it from the comfort of my couch and home all weekend by the sounds of things. Good times. About, oh, how good to not have kids in a time like lockdown. Oh, right? yes. And say you're the envy of every parent, I must tell you. Love it, mate. All righty, mate. I'll catch you next week. Sounds good. Oh.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.